Well, welcome back to the Walk as Jesus Walk podcast series. And in today's message, we're going to focus on how Jesus, by using many different analogies, described what the kingdom of heaven is like. Now, in for instance, in Matthew chapter 13, there's several different explanations that Jesus used that what the kingdom of heaven is like. And if we're to truly walk as Jesus walked, we really need to understand what it means to serve his kingdom, but also understand what his kingdom is. John the Baptist said that he was ushering in the kingdom of heaven, and it was it was um, at hand. And then Jesus said the same thing, and then Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is in your midst. But he used several different analogies so that we can have a deeper understanding of just what he was talking about. Uh, so Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in a field. But while everyone was asleep, his enemy came and he sowed weeds among the wheat and slipped away. Well, when the wheat sprouted and bore grain, then the weeds also appeared. Well, the owner's servants came to him and they said, sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the, the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. So the servants asked him, do you want us to go and pull them up? No, no, he said. If you pull the weeds now, you might uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them into bundles to be burned, and then gather the wheat into my barn. And we know that... Jesus was talking that this was what the kingdom of heaven is like, and he used it as a parable to give an analogy. And he goes on to explain later that the man who sowed the good seed was the Lord. And while everyone was asleep, his enemy, who was Satan, came and he sowed weeds among the wheat, and then he slipped away. And when the wheat sprouted and bore again, then the weeds also appeared. And then the owner's servants came to him and said, do you want us to pull this up? No, we don't. I want you to wait until judgment day. And we know that the wheat are those where the seeds are, are deeply rooted in good ground, and they are serving the kingdom of heaven. We know that the weeds are just the opposite. They may think they're serving the kingdom of heaven, but they're actually serving the kingdom of this world. And we know that Satan wants to fool so many people. But Jesus is going to wait until the time is ripe, and then he will pull the weeds, bundle them up, and they'll be burned in the fire, and the wheat will be gathered into his barn. He likened his kingdom to this. Now, he goes on. And he says, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that a man planted in a field. Now, you know, that's the, the little seed. It's, it's the smallest of all seeds. Yet it grows into the largest of garden plants and it becomes a tree so that birds of the air come and nest in its branches. Jesus began his earthly ministry. He started planting seeds. He goes his apostles. He chose many disciples. Many others decided to follow him. He called many, but the ones he chose were the ones who had a heart and an ear 
to hear what he was saying. And so he likens the kingdom to that little mustard seed, which he also uses to talk about faith. And if you have something as small as that, and you apply that faith in Christ, you can do anything. And it will grow, he said. The kingdom will grow and become like a tree so that the birds of the air can come and nest in its branches. He also said the kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and mixed into three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. Because a little bit of leaven leavens the whole dough. And if the kingdom of heaven starts to spread, then many will hear the good news. But once again, it's between the person who hears and the Lord that will make the decision whether they'll be part of the kingdom or whether they'll be weeds. He goes on to say that the kingdom of heaven is like treasure that's hidden in a field. When a man found it, oh, he hid it again. And in his joy, he went and he sold everything that he had and he bought that field. Why? Because that's what the kingdom of heaven is all about, that we sell out everything to follow Jesus, because that is the only thing that matters. So will we be willing to do the same? And then he goes on to say that the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. And in our hearts, we do desire something so fine as the kingdom. And it says that when this merchant found one very precious pearl, he went away and he sold everything that he had and he bought it. That is the value of how we should look at the kingdom of heaven. Are we willing to give up everything that we have, everything we've ever desired, everything we've ever wanted, sell it all, and then go after the kingdom of heaven, which means that we follow Jesus. Well, once again, in chapter 13 of Matthew, Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like a great net that was cast into the sea and it caught all kinds of fish. And when it was full, the men pulled it ashore. Then they sat down and they sorted the good fish into containers, but they threw the bad away. So it will be at the end of the age, Jesus said, the angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous, the weeds from the wheat, and throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, again, in Matthew chapter 18, verses 1 through 5, it says that the disciples came to Jesus and they asked, well, then who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Well, isn't this the human notion? Isn't this what our human nature does? Is we want to know who's best, who's greatest. Um, everybody wants to be first. They want to be the line leader. They want to be the one that's closest or directs others. Well, Jesus invited a little child to stand among them. Truly, I tell you, he said, unless you change, in other words, don't be like the the human that you are. Don't be like the person who's always trying to be in front. Don't be like the person that always needs to be in charge. He says, unless you change and become like little children, what do little children do? They trust, they have faith, they listen, they follow. Unless you can become like that, Jesus said, 
you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So the kingdom of heaven is for the humble heart. It's for the weak. It's for the broken. It's not for the arrogant. It's not for the religious. It's not for the one who claims that they've already gotten themselves into heaven because they prayed some prayer and they go to church and they read their Bible and all of these other ridiculous things that are being taught out there. No, the kingdom of heaven is for those who become like little children. Therefore, Jesus continues, whoever humbles himself like this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes a little child like this in my name welcomes me. This is the other part of it, is that we, we humble ourselves to God and put him first, and then we humble ourselves to others. And that second commandment is like the first, that we love. We love others. Again, in Matthew chapter 19, verse 14, Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these people of humility, people who don't say, oh, I know so much. I'm a Bible scholar. Let me show you all the scripture that I've memorized. How many times that I've done good things. Let me express that to you. It's got nothing to do with that. So Jesus continues in Matthew chapter 10, verse 16. And he said, Behold, I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be shrewd as snakes, but be innocent as doves. This is how he calls us. This is what he expects of us. In Matthew chapter 18, verses 23 to uh, 35, Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. Well, as he began the settlements, the debtor was brought to him owing 10,000 talents. Well, since the man was unable to pay, the master ordered that he be sold to pay his debt, along with his wife and his children and everything he owned. Well, then the servant, he fell on his knees before him. Have patience with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. His master had compassion on him, forgave his debt, and released him. Remember, he's saying this is what the kingdom of heaven is like, is that we have a debt of sin on us that's far too great to ever get us into heaven, no matter how good we think we are. And we will seek God if our heart is truly repentant like it was with this person who was in debt. And the Lord has compassion, and he will forgive and if we ask to have patience, he will forgive us of all unrighteousness. So it says here that his master had compassion on him, forgave his debt, and released him. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. He grabbed him, and he began to choke him, saying, pay back what you owe me. So his fellow servants they fell down and they begged him, have patience with me. You know, just like he did to his master, saying, I, I will pay back everything that you owe. So when they begged him, he refused. Instead, he went and he had the man thrown into prison until he could pay his debt. When his fellow servants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed. And they went 
and they recounted all of this to their master. Then the master summoned him and declared, You wicked servant, I forgave you all your debt because you begged me. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant, just as I had on you? And in anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could repay all that he owed. That is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. We have words that people say, oh, I forgive you, but they harbor in their hearts a non-forgiveness that they hold against that person. Well, if we expect Jesus to forgive us of all sin and unrighteousness, we too, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like, we too need to have a love and a compassion all of those who we come in contact with in this world. That's what the kingdom of heaven is like. Well, Jesus said in John chapter 13, verse 15, I have set you an example so that you should do as I have done for you. This man didn't. He's telling us to. In Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 through 16, Jesus explained, for the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day, and he sent them into his vineyard. So he made an agreement. He found those workers and said, I'll give you a denarius for, the, for a day's work. About the third hour, he went out and he saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. You also go into my vineyard, he said, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. And he went out again at the sixth hour. And then again at the ninth hour and did the same thing. Well, about the 11th hour, he went out and he found still others standing around. Why have you been standing here all day doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they said. So he told them, you know what? You also go into my vineyard. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to the foreman, hey, call all the workers, pay them their wages starting with the last ones that were hired and moving on to the first. Well, the workers that were hired about the 11th hour came and each one received the denarius. So when the original workers came, the ones who were first, they assumed they would receive more. But each of them also received a denarius. Oh, wait a second. On receiving their pay, they began to grumble grumbled against the landowner. What is this? They came here for a short time and, and we get paid the same amount? These men who were hired last worked only an hour. And you made them equal to us who have borne the burden and the scorching heat of the day. But he answered one of them. Friend, he said, I'm not being unfair to you. Did you not agree with me? On one denarius? Make your pay and go. I want to give this last man the same as I gave you. Do I not have a right to do as I please with what is mine? Or are you you're envious because I am generous? And Jesus then said, So the last will be first, and the first will be last. Creating a world of equality in the kingdom of heaven.
Not like this world where everybody strives to step over someone else. In the kingdom of heaven, you should strive to let others in front of you. This is what Jesus is teaching. He's teaching that it doesn't matter what you've done. Just be thankful and grateful that he not only called you, but that he chose you. And the one who doesn't, well, their heart's not right anyways. Again, in Matthew 22, verses 2 through 14, Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to call those who he invited to the banquet, but they refused to come. Again, he sent other servants and said, Tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fattened cattle have been killed and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But you know what? They paid no attention and they went away. One to his field, another to his business. They were just too busy in this world to come. The rest, well, they, they seized his servants and they mistreated them and they killed them. So here's this, this guy sending out his servants. And not only did people not want to come, but they killed them. And the king was enraged and he sent his troops to destroy those murderers and burn their city. And then he said to his servants, the wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited were not worthy. Go therefore to the crossroads and invite to the banquet as many as you can find. Many are called. Hmm. So the servants went out into the streets and they gathered everyone they could find, both evil and good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came, he came in and he saw the guests and he spotted a man who was not dressed in wedding clothes. Friend, he asked, how did you get into here without wedding clothes? But the man was speechless. Then the king told his servants, tie him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. You know, those listening to this podcast, you might have been one of the called. Were you ready? Did you give everything up and come? Did you leave behind the things of this world, your business, your things, your desires? Because if you didn't, you will not be wearing the wedding clothes that only come for those who are in Christ. And only those who are in Christ are the chosen. So many are called, but a few are chosen. Finally, in Matthew 25, verses 14 through 30, Jesus said, you know, the kingdom of heaven is just like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted them with his possessions. To one, he gave five talents, to another two, and to another, he gave one talent, each according to his own ability. And he went on his journey. The servant who had received the five talents went out and 
He went out at once, put them to work, and he gained five more. Likewise, the one who had received two talents, he gained two more. But the servant who had received the one talent, he went off, he dug a hole in the ground, and he hid his master's money. He didn't do anything. He did nothing. In fact, he hid it away. After a long time, the master of those servants returned to settle accounts with them. The servant who had received the five talents, well, he came and he presented five more. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. And his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Well, the servant who had received two talents also came and he said, Master, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. And his master replied, well, that is well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Finally, the servant who had received one talent, he came and he said, Master, I knew that you are a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid. And I went out and I hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what belongs to you. And he gave him the one talent. You wicked, lazy servant, replied his master. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed, then you should have deposited my money with the bankers, and at least on my return, I would have received it back with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents, for everyone who has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. But the one who does not have, Even what he has will be taken away from him and throw that worthless servant into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is about being a good and faithful servant. It's how we serve his kingdom. A lot of people make that claim and they don't do anything but just live their life in this world. You know, they probably go to church on Sunday. They probably read their Bible. They probably pray. They were probably baptized. They probably pray to sinner's prayer. They probably think they're going to heaven. And you know what? If they're doing nothing for the kingdom, they will have nothing in the end. Those things that I just mentioned, those are things that are um, religious ritual. Jesus did not teach those things. Listen to everything that Jesus taught when he taught about the kingdom of heaven. Are you serving the kingdom of heaven? Or are you serving a kingdom here on earth? Because the kingdoms, the little kingdoms here on earth that call themselves churches, institutionalized organizations, they're serving themselves. They're feeling good about themselves, but they're not acting like the child that Jesus said that we need to be. No, they're building kingdoms. They're going out to win more souls to bring into their congregations. But yet, they have no idea if these people are ever doing anything for the true kingdom of heaven. Now, you can also 
hear the account of the ten virgins, which included five wise virgins and five foolish virgins. The foolish ones were the ones who just lived their lives in this world thinking that they were going to heaven because somebody told them that they would if they did these things. But the the five that were ready, although they maybe even fell asleep, their hearts were in the right place. And that wedding feast happened and they were there, but the other five were left out. You can hear more detail on this in the last of the prior podcast that was titled The Galilean Wedding Tradition that uh, is in Matthew 25, 1 through 13. I encourage you to go back if you haven't listened to that and listen to this because this might be you. Thus, in closing, Jesus, he gave us many examples of what his kingdom was. And we should be able to decipher from that his kingdom is not. His kingdom is not the things of this world. His kingdom is not some religious way of living. His kingdom is about us serving him. And being his servant will help to lead people towards him. And in doing so, his kingdom will grow like the mustard seed grows into a tree. But it won't happen by our work. It will happen while we yield to him as a good and faithful servant allowing him to use us to do his will in this world. And he's doing this before he returns. And we don't know when that is. It could be soon. So he set the example of what his kingdom is like. And he did that through many other teachings, more than what I just shared with you. And understanding these teachings is what we need to do. And once we do, once we start to gain that understanding, and we live for him, and not for this world, and not for ourselves, but we live for him, then that will help us to walk as Jesus walked.